0: mm mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, yeah. um, I'm mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Well, good morning. If you guys could s- you squeeze into the center so that people can find a seat next to you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So feel free to you can sit wherever you want. here get closer. It's it's fine. We're obviously a very small group this morning, and. The only reason I'm even on the microphone is so that we can uh, be on the live stream, but um, welcome to those tuning on online. In fact, I w- I'm hoping that the live stream is much more full than the in-person this morning, and uh, as we have ha- had to get through the, the snow to get here, and it is good to see those who, who came this morning, and it doesn't matter how many we are, we're just going to worship the Lord and, and have time together this morning, and... Um, you know hey it's good and i guess i should say happy new year it is 2023 and it's been like i haven't seen any of you since last year it's so nice to get together and uh you know who 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 remembers when they were young the movie 2001 a space odyssey right that was supposedly way in the future and then they updated it a few years after that quite a few years after that because we were approaching 2001 and so they they did a, a second version called 2020 a space odyssey right and now here we are in 2023 Anyways, if you're if you're online on facebook you know make some comments and and uh let us know you're there, and that's, cool, right? that's right. We, I, I, that's right. So, but we are we're going to wor- worship this morning and, and have our have a time in the Word, and let's uh, let's pray before we get into a time of worship. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity again uh, to gather together. We thank you for the snow, which is much needed. Lord, even though the stores have been busier than we like, we thank you for the business that keeps uh, the finances coming in and, the, and this valley operating. Lord, uh, we pray even this morning as people are driving that you would keep um, everyone safe here on this mountain. Lord, um, we, we just know that there's a lot of people out there who don't know how to drive in this stuff, so um, teach them quick, let them hear from you. To, not follow so close and drive so fast and and, uh, keep those that are going to church safe Father, in in the services that are happening around this town, but also just around the whole world today, God. I pray that your spirit would be there and challenge and encourage and give us hope for this next year, Father, a new year. As we come together here, we pray that you would really be with us, um, help us to be encouraged and challenged and love one another this morning God bless our time in Jesus name church has gone to the dogs.
2: Just as you are to worship come just as you are before your God come one day every tongue will confess you are God one day every knee to me. As you are to worship, come just as you are before your God. Come, one day every tongue will confess you are God, one day every The greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now one day one day every tongue will confess you are god one day every knee will bow still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now I'll go, where you stay, I'll stay When you move, I move, I will follow you All your ways are good, all your ways are sure I will trust in you alone higher than my sight, high above my life i will trust in you alone where you go i'll go where you stay i'll stay when you move i'll move i will follow you where you serve where you serve i'll serve this life I lose, I will follow you, I will follow you, oh yeah. Light unto the world, light unto my life, I will live for you alone, you're the one I seek, knowing I will find. I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow you. How you love, I'll love. How you serve, I'll serve. If I lose, I lose. I will follow you. Everlasting in you there's freedom for my soul in you there's joy, unending joy. And I will follow where you go, I'll go, where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move, I will follow you, whom you love, I'll love. How you serve, I'll serve If this life I lose, I will follow Where you go, I'll go Where you stay, I'll stay When you move, I'll move I will follow you Who you love, I'll love How you serve, I'll serve If this life I lose, I will follow you
1: Heavenly Father, as we go into this time of year, this beginning of the year, our prayer, our focus is that we might bring glory and honor to you. God, help us start this year outright, making you the center of our lives.
2: The King of my heart be the shadow. never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me the
1: things that we have in this world, God, even the blessings that you've given to us and shown us, the wonders of this world, the amazing companionship and friendship we have in, in others, in our family, in the body of Christ. In all the incredible inventions that you have gifted man with knowledge to create that have made life easier. With all the things that we derive different types of joy and satisfaction from God in this life. Father, let us always come and truly be able to say that this is the air I breathe. Help us to be like Jesus, who says that my food is to do the will of the Father. Help us to know your presence and your person so closely and intimately that really everything, all the other blessings are great, but there's nothing that we derive the same joy and contentment and love as from you, who you are, what you want to be in our life. Help us, Lord, today and every day to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness and allow all these other things to be added as you see fit into our life. Father, we give you the beginning of our year, the first fruit of this next year. We give to you by being here today. Walk with us throughout the year, day by day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Since there's so few of you this morning, you can love every single person in the room.
3: Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. Most of you guys I haven't seen since last year. Um, <laughs> well, the only announcement that I have for you guys is next week we have our leaders meeting. Um, it is going to run a little bit longer. We may have lunch provided. And um, we're just encouraging, if you are a leader for one of the ministries here at the Journey Church to just come with just your vision of what you want to see within that ministry or that you're leading um, for this year to come. And so, yeah, just have that available. And uh, we're going to spend some time kind of figuring out what this next year is going to look like for the Journey Church. So, yeah, it'll be good. Um, with that, we're just going to go ahead and and receive our tithes and offerings. And if we could just pull up a picture, um, I wanna read you this little story real quick. It says, and then notice the picture on the screen as I read the story. So it says, today was the last day before our winter break. We will have two weeks off to rest with our families and loved ones over the holidays, then head back to the sco- back to school next year. With it being the day before break and Christmas right around the corner, most teachers bring their kiddos something such as books or little treats and occasionally in return receive something from their students. Today, I received some chocolates, sweet handmade notes, some jewelry, but these lucky charm marsh, sorry. Ooh, Lucky Charm Marshmallows stood out to me the most. You see, 100% of my school is on free, reduced lunch. They also get free breakfast at school every day of the school week. This kiddo wanted to get me something so badly but had nothing to give. So rather than give me nothing, the student opened up her free breakfast cereal this morning, took the packaging of her spork, straw, and napkin, and finally took the time to take every marshmallow out of her cereal to put it in the bag for me. Be grateful for what you have and what others give you. It all truly comes from the deepest parts of their hearts. And I just thought that was such a beautiful picture of us when we give of our tithes and our offerings because yeah, he only asked us to give 10% and sometimes that's all we have, if even. And I just think it's so beautiful And it's like this little bag of marshmallows when we're giving into our tithes and offering. It's like, Lord, I may not have much, but I love you, and I want to show you that I care and I trust in you, and I want to be obedient to what you ask me to do. And so I just thought that was a really cool story to share in connection to tithes. So with that, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you that you bless us beyond lucky charms. (laughs) We are more than lucky. We are blessed. To be called your children. And Father, as we give into our tithes and our offerings, I pray that our hearts would be, um, as it says in your word, to to be joyful, to be a joyful giver, God, that we would give back to you because you first gave to us. Lord, and we love you, and we thank you, and we ask that whatever is given as we start this new year, God, that we would start off by um, most importantly knowing that we're using what is given to bring you glory and to further your kingdom. Lord, we love you, and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Look at us. This is nice. It is uh, the first Sunday of the of the month. It's also the first Sunday of the year, and uh, we will be having communion as part of our service this morning at the end of service. And um, yeah, because I believe it's going to tie right into what we're doing what we're doing this morning, Amen. And you know, in the church. The first Sunday of the, of the year is an interesting Sunday, uh, to be sure. No matter what day it falls on, the first Sunday, especially if it's close at all to New Year's, um, is actually, you know, so, some people think that's probably the best year to preach a, a vision and a hope and a big sermon, because it's, it's the new, and actually, uh, from years of experience personally, and it, it was great this week, I, I read something that confirmed it, that is not the Sunday to do it, and this is why. Especially if it falls on the first Sunday, uh, if the first actually falls on a Sunday, the, the, the crowds are very, very small, um, and so it's, it's definitely proved out. And then we add snow into the mix, which I thought it was supposed to clear up, but it's still snowing, so it's great. Um, and so. Uh, it's, it's not the, the great day to kind of have that, that first service, even though I kind of am today um, because of where we're at in our, in our traveling through the book of, what book are we in? Do you remember? First Corinthians, very good. We took six weeks off because of Advent and Christmas, and we are back in First Corinthians this morning, so if you've got your Bible, go with me there to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Again, I want to greet everybody online who's tuning in and um, in, invite them to find their Bible there and open that up, get their cup of coffee. And I guess, you know, if, if you feel like running out into the hallway and getting one of those horrible tasting chocolate little things, they were just awful. They were so awful, I'd ate 10 of them just so you wouldn't have to. No, but, uh, no, but they're very good. I uh, get a cup of coffee. Um, it's it's kind of it's us. It's a, maybe a living room setting. I'm excited about this morning's message. I'm gonna confess. you know, snow at the house. my windshield wipers broke. I couldn't drive my truck. I had to chisel out the cars. I forgot my computer at home with all my notes in it. So, but I'm prepared. But my notes are at home, so um, we're just gonna have to go with some, you know, without forego some of my notes and some of the little things I wanted to uh, that I wrote specifically to say. We'll see if God brings all of them to my memories or not. So, that's right. That's right. And I, this message is in my heart. I've, I mean, it's it's there. I'm okay. But uh, anyway, so we're in First Corinthians chapter six, and. Really, this was the Lord, um, and even as we are winding up the last year, I, I saw this uh, this message coming. It says, "Let's let's stop here and, and get this at the first of the year as we travel back into First Corinthians um, six, and then and then going into seven. In in order to, to remember where we're at, I want to start this morning um, in First Corinthians six nine. And we're actually, this morning, going to be going 12 through 20, but I want to pick up where we left off the last Sunday we were in First Corinthians together. Let's pray as we do that. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for joining us, bringing us together this morning. And uh, again, I thank you for those who, who really roughed it out this morning, shoveled out, chipped off the ice, got here together to be in fellowship. Father, it's a great place to be in, in service and fellowship with one another. Those listening online, we pray that you would bless Let this this, uh, message be encouraging and challenging to us as we begin this new year. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. We ended the the, uh, Corinthians last year in 6, and there was a message, and we did these verses that says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And then it goes in to give a list of unrighteous people. And isn't that a great way to start the year, let's just go off, let's just start off with talking about all the unrighteous people. It says, um, the, don't be deceived, the sexually immoral, idolaters, adulterers, men who practice homosexuality, thieves, greedy, drunkards, revilers, swindlers, none of them will inherit the kingdom of God. Hey, praise the Lord. It's really encouraging this morning. Um, but but here's the, the thing that was encouraging, and that and such were some of you, such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. That's where we left off last year, and it's such a great place to begin as we go into this message because Paul is, is recognizing that before salvation, we were involved in a lot of Rotten things, but here's the here's the point that he was making. These are not things that made you unrighteous. You were unrighteous and you did things. See, because without Christ, we are unrighteous. All of our, our righteousness, the Bible says, is like filthy rags. Doing better. Sinning less, stopping to sin, does not make us righteous. What makes us righteous is the blood of Jesus Christ. And when we receive Christ, when He forgives us of our sin, and and notice, sometimes I, I try to say He forgives us of our sin, not of our sins, and there's a slight difference. Yes, He forgives us of our sins. But He also forgives us of our sin, which is all of it. It's our nature. It's everything. He takes it all away. And so we become righteous in His sight, not because we got perfect the moment we said the sinner's prayer. Now, now, I don't know about you, but, but when I said that prayer, I did not become a perfect little angel. I always was. No, I I didn't. I I didn't become this perfect little angel. I still had sin in my life. I still had unrighteous deeds, if you will, in my life. But the difference was, and the same, same with you, the difference was you were no longer unrighteous. But... Especially at the beginning when you first come to Christ, you still have all your habits, you still have all your proclivities, you've never really learned to say no to ungodliness, so you came to Christ and you still pretty much did everything you did the day before, at least for a time, amen? I mean, it's like it would just come right back up and then you felt guilty and bad. The transaction that takes place when we come to Christ is that He makes us righteous and He forgiveness forgives us. That's why Paul here says, that's what some of you were, but I, there's the, the, different things. That says you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. So that is who Paul's talking to, and this morning that's who I'm talking to. Uh, we don't have visitors here this morning. I look around the room. I know that all of you have a profession of faith, believing in Jesus, that you are, uh, you are His child and that you are part of this group who, who we're talking to. You aren't these things anymore. Now, here, here's the deal. Some of us might still do some of these things occasionally. Occasionally and I'm not going to start picking on saying, let's have a confession time this morning, Which one did you do this week? You know, but but we still have some of these in us. Uh, there there are people who are saved who still struggle with being a drunkard, getting drunk, being given to too much alcohol. There are Christians who are still greedy. They're, God is still working that out in them, uh, and, and, and to find out if that's, that's you, you know, how much do, is enough, or you're still always trying to come, do you not like to share and give, then you might go, well, that's one of the things God is working on me. Um, we have some of these things in our life, some of us, but Paul and I am saying, according to the Scriptures, you are not the unrighteous person that you used to be if you've come to Christ, you were these things. One of the things I don't like about AA, and I understand the principle of it, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it, but one of the the parts I don't like about AA is that that many of the people going through AA say, I'm an alcoholic. Now, what they're saying is that I never can put my guard down against this addiction. That's that's an okay thing. But we don't identify with our sin anymore. If, If you came to Christ and you had murdered somebody... You should not say, I'm a murderer. One, it'll freak everyone else out. <laughs> you know, if you walk around going, I'm a murderer. Um, yes, you were a murderer, but the scriptures say that you were. Yes, you, if, you, if that was your thing, if something like that happened in your life, you maybe did that, but we're not going to identify with the sin anymore. We're going to identify with Christ. In his righteousness. So this, that's where we left off. I'm re-preaching the message, catching us up. That's where we left off at the end of, of the year, at the end of the thing with 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And we're going to start now um, because Paul, remember the, the, the book of 1 Corinthians was written by Paul uh, to Corinth. It was written in the early, if, you know, uh, Paul had made his trip, first trip to Corinth in around 50-ish AD. Uh, he stayed there about 18 months and he built up the church and that was on his second missionary journey, if you read the book of Acts. And so he's, he, he, he came to Corinth and, and now he's traveling around again and he starts hearing about things happening in Corinth. Well, Paul would write letters to the churches that he planted and Corinthians is one of the churches he planted and it's one of the letters he writes. Now, 1 Corinthians, again, reminder, is actually his second letter that he writes. The first letter that Paul wrote to the church is gone. We have, we have no record of it but he had already written them once about some things going on. Now he's writing them a second time, even though we're calling this 1 Corinthians. And then he writes them two more times. And we believe that's actually 2 Corinthians as both of his letters put together. So he's writing in about maybe 55 AD, three or so years after he's visited them and he spent his time there. And he's heard these things happening. Well, Corinth was this ungodly place with a lot of idolatry, there was a lot of sexual immorality, remember this is the one where they had the temple up on the hill, that part of the worship at the temple included temple prostitution and having sex with these women that were out front of of that temple, that was part of it, and so as Christians are getting saved, sexual immorality is still part of their livelihood, their life. It's also an area of a lot of gluttony, you know, because they had these uh, beliefs and standards in Corinth among the people that was like basically kind of like today. If it feels good, do it. Um, They didn't want to put the body under any subjection at all. They wanted to just feel good, and, and, and when they came to Christ, they really loved the part that says, you've been set free. You're no longer under the law of sin and death and you're no longer under the law. They liked that because like, yeah, we don't we're not we don't have a law. We don't have rules. We just get to do whatever we do and we get to go to heaven. And so there's this thought that's happening in the people much like today. In our culture, people do not want to be bound by any restrictions or rules for their body or for anything else. We want to live a, if it feels good type of uh, mentality. So Paul changes he he goes on now in verse 12 and he actually quotes a quote that they use. And 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 that's why so Paul says all things are lawful for me. That's something that they were saying, hey, everything's okay for me. Everything's lawful. And so Paul's right side says, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Some versions have mastered or enslaved uh, then it goes on. It says, "Food is meant for the stomach, and the stomach for food." That was another saying in the time. They would say, "Well, food's for the stomach, the stomach's food. We can eat whatever we want." Uh, there were no restrictions with the Jewish uh, law of, of eating certain things. That was out. Um, they could eat meat sacrificed to idols, and they could just eat everything. And a gluttony was actually one of their sins. And it says, "Yeah, so the food is meant for the stomach, and the stomach for food." But God will destroy both of them, one and the other. And then he turns because one of the things that they were saying is this next part. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as as it is written, the two will become one flesh. He who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside of the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, you are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. So there's a section here that Paul is, is kind of coming up with the Corinthians, going, let's talk about your body, what it's designed for, what it's designed for. Let's really talk about that. And in this culture, as much as we have sometimes, they're kind of, the problem is, is they're asking the wrong question. Even though you don't see a question here, they're asking the wrong question as these new believers are coming to Christ and living their, their life out. They kind of have this attitude that's, that we're going to treat as a question. Is it legal to fill in the blanks? Is it okay to, we do the same thing in our culture, people come to Christ, even us, is it okay to smoke cigarettes? Is it legal to smoke cigarettes? Sure. The Bible doesn't prohibit it. Now, some people say, well, that sounds like blasphemy today. The Bible doesn't say that you can't smoke cigarettes. There are a lot of things that the Bible does not specifically say is evil or is good. And and if it doesn't say that, if it doesn't specifically say, there's an attitude that some people have, and the Corinthians kind of had, it's like, Listen, it's all good. If it doesn't say I can't do it, I can do it. When I was a youth pastor, I would have kids come to me, and and I have adults come to me too, the same thing. And they asked this question. They said, listen, when it comes to me and my girlfriend, how far is too far? Right? You guys, some of you might remember that. How far is too far? It's this question that we have in a lot of areas. Can I drink? Can I smoke? Can I watch R-rated movies? Can I fill in the blank? Well, many of those things, the answer is sure. There's nothing prohibiting you. It's, we're, we're free. We're not going to be s- s- sent to hell for it. Uh, It it might be legal, but Paul's going, but you're asking the wrong question. How far is too far? You're asking the wrong question. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. Another translation is beneficial. 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 So as as believers, what Paul is trying to help us to see is maybe we need to change this, this question and say, Is this beneficial for me? And and if we were to do that, uh, I I believe that often we would come up with some other answers and also feel something a little bit different. When we're under the law, when we're under this obligation, it, it feels like we're shackled. And when you are shackled as a human, part of the human nature says, I don't like it, I'm going to do something else. For instance, you might wake up and go, wow, there's a cookie. I don't feel like a cookie right now. So you don't eat the cookie. But if you start a diet that says you're no longer eating any cookies and you wake up and you see that cookie on the counter, now you want the cookie. And you all know what I'm talking about. It's like, what happened? Normally, I don't want a cookie at nine o'clock in the morning. But because I am now under this shackle that I can't eat cookies, whew, I want it. And, and, and part of that is because we're looking at it the wrong way. Paul's trying to help us understand. We're going to go in a little bit deeper uh, of this whole body because it's, it's an amazing principle that you know, our, our bodies were created by him for him and they're glorious and we have fellowship with him even in these bodies and, and, he, and there's some r- things specifically he talks about with sexual immorality. But he says, let's not ask the wrong question. Let's ask the right question. Don't just say, well, it's, it's lawful. Ask yourself, is it beneficial? Ask yourself, am I being mastered by this? Interesting Yesterday, I wasn't mastered by the cookie, but today, I am. And so, so right there, we're like, okay, we want to come we want come walk into freedom with our body and begin to change this, this attitude a little bit that we have in order to, to move forward and, and not just see how much we can get away with. I so saw this great picture uh, of a little kid who was told... You cannot have your tablet in the kitchen. There is no electronics in the kitchen. You can also not eat in the living room, okay? These are two rules in the house. You cannot have your electronics in the kitchen and you cannot eat in the living room. And there's a picture of this kid laying on the kitchen floor. He's on the kitchen, his food is in the kitchen, and his tablet is right over the little line on the carpet in the living room. And he's eating while he's looking at his tablet. And I went, that's us. Yeah. That's us. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to be obedient, but I'm going to push this. I'm not over the line. I'm not over the line. I'm not over the line. I'm not there. You know, do, do, do you remember? Don't touch your sister. Don't touch your sister. <laughs> did, did you have kids who did that? They drove their siblings crazy. Yeah. They drove their, He's touching me. No, I'm not. We, we have this tendency to do that in our spiritual lives. And so as we go into this new year, we want to go in good. And there's nothing special about January 1st but for some reason we think that we need to lie a lot on December 31st. And what I mean is that on December 31st, we tell ourselves a whole bunch of lies. I'm gonna lose weight, I'm never gonna do this again, I'm never gonna do this again, and we're just lying. But we feel impe- you know, compelled to do this, make all these resolutions. And it is a good time because it feels like last year is, is gone and, and it's a new year. And so we'll take advantage of that this morning in this passage to say how do we want to live this coming year the world around us is getting darker the world around us is is crossing lines erasing lines moving lines all kinds of things it's happening in the church it's happening outside of the church and here's the thing what happens outside of the church is really none of our business the only thing that's our business is what happens in my life, and, and, and as believers, we can encourage each other, as believers, to, to, we, we can uh, encourage and exhort and say, hey, let's follow the Lord together. So this morning, this message is, is about, let's start this year off with a good attitude and mentality regarding our lives in Christ. We used to be these things. We don't identify with that any longer. We don't identify with the unrighteous acts. Even if you struggle with those same things, you're like, you know, but you know, I'm not going to live according to those. And God's going to help me. And I'm not going to think how, how I can do everything. Yes, it's permissible. But I want to look at, Lord, is this, is this beneficial? Is this how you want me to live? Is this really going to be good for me? Can you eat... All two pounds of sea's candy that was given to you, along with the spice cake and all the other goodies. Can you, can you sit down in the morning and eat all of that? Sure. You absolutely can. There is nothing to say that you can't do that. Now, is that going to be beneficial? You are not going to feel good. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just a whole bunch of things. And so we think about that with our with our body. Can I, can I sit on the couch and never exercise again? Sure. But it's not going to go well for you. It's not going to be beneficial to your family. It's not going to be beneficial to you. So we add another thing into the beneficial argument. Is, is it is it beneficial for those around me? Is it beneficial for the body of Christ? We're looking for... Uh, permission and permissiveness and what we really want to do is is line up to say lord how do you want me to live now the other thing we don't want to become is is legalistic legalistic is uh, for for instance you might be somebody says i don't watch r-rated movies and, and th- that is a great standard. The Bible doesn't say you can't watch an R rated movie. Some people watch R rated movies and it and just doesn't seem like it affects them, and maybe it's, it's, it's fine. There's no negative effect on them. Or maybe it's certain types of movies. But there's other people who say, I just, I just don't watch any R rated movies. Praise the Lord. That's great. Here's what legalism does, though I don't watch any R rated movies, and you shouldn't either. You're wrong because you watch R-rated movies. See, we don't want to get legalistic in that either. We don't want to become permissive and say, everything's fine, everything's good, I can do everything. But we don't want to become legalistic and, and be under those, those things uh, that are man-made, and we don't want to impose those upon others. I, I got to put my glasses on so I can see your faces again, see? Okay, some of you are still smiling. <laughs> I'm getting new glasses next week. Two weeks. I'll be able to read my Bible with my glasses on again. All so 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 as as Paul's writing this, this is it. And and then we go. I will not be dominated by anything. And then food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food. That is about food, but it's also this other mentality about your body. Okay? So if the food is meant for if the stomach is meant for food and the food is meant for the stomach, just eat whatever you want, okay? what about sex god created your body to enjoy sex you know there were all adults in here this morning right god created your bodies in an amazing way to actually receive pleasure from, from sex and therefore desire sex and what's wrong with it and here here here's something i'm learning just recently, and you know, ho- hopefully this doesn't offend anybody. The male body, prostate—you're supposed to, you know, have something happen to you five or six times a week for prostate health. God created it that way, men. You're like, wow, that is—that's just—that's just. A, that's just a, you look it up online, right? God created your bodies for sex, for sexual stimulation. So therefore, just go out and have sex. No. But this is an idea that's happening in the world, and it's coming into the church. Why is God so exclusive? Why is God prohibiting me? He made me this way. And if you've never had a moment in anything in your life like that, praise the Lord for you, I have, where I was struggling with something, and I started doing this, well, why did you make me that way, God? This is all your fault. I have this Desire, whether it's sexual or or for whatever it is. Why did you make me this way? So Paul goes, listen. Yeah, the food, stomach, God's going to destroy them both. Why does he say that? We don't live to the principles of the world without considering the principles of eternity. The principles of eternity are, I created man to be married to one woman created woman to be married to one man for life now amazing more and more science is coming up with we actually do better if we don't get divorced we actually do better if we don't have promiscuous sex with lots of people relationships are better Uh, you bond better Uh, you you in your in your long-term relationships there's more trust everything is better I love the fact that finally psychologists, and they're, they're starting to really catch up and go, well, maybe that was an okay idea. God had it right 6,000 years ago when He created Adam, and Eve, and says, one man, one woman together for life. So just because your body was created to enjoy sex doesn't mean that you should go out and enjoy it wherever you can get it. And He, and he, and he, and he starts saying these things, Listen. It wasn't designed for sexual immorality. It was designed for marriage. Now, we're going to go into chapter 7 and go a little bit deeper in that, so we won't go too, too far yet. Um, it'll get fun. We're going to talk about marriage and, and things in the, in the next couple of weeks. Verse 14, "'God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by His power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute?' Never." We go on in a moment and find that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We are members of Christ. We are not our own. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And when we go and behave in, in, in certain ways, we're taking Christ with us everywhere we go. Now, let's leave the, the sex thing for, for a moment and just do that with anything. When we go anywhere, we bring Christ with us. He, he, he goes with us. When, when we sit and watch the movie, He's watching the movie with us. Wherever we go, He's, he's with us. Sometimes we, we think we leave Him. It's this, this tendency, it's this, this thinking, and it, it feels a lot better to do that. Like I really don't want to think about God coming with me in this event, so I'm just not going to think about it. But the truth is, we're in Christ, Christ is in us. Whatever we do, we're bringing him with us. Now, if you have a wrong view of of things in your life, that can be very damaging because we have a hard time thinking that maybe Jesus would even like to ride a roller coaster. I just can't see him wanting to ride a roller coaster. Maybe I shouldn't ride a roller coaster because that just seems weird you I mean? I think we can, we can, Jesus was a man. He, he, I love the chosen. I love watching the chosen. It just shows the humanity along with the deity, you know, and he's, he's got, he's funny. He's been a little sarcastic. There was, we were talking about this last night in our, we had a little time at New Year's Eve time and talking about in, in, in season two when, when Jesus found the guy uh, who had robbed somebody on the road and he was hiding all that if you haven't seen it forgive me but just there's one season and finally the whole truth comes out he says well I I robbed somebody and I don't know if he died and took his horse and all that and at the end of the little conversation um, Jesus says we have to be careful out there on the road at night something like this because there's a a lot of robbers out there and he looked at the guy who was the robber and he goes too soon do you know what I'm saying and I thought that's the Jesus I want to follow. He got a little he's he's fun. He, he can banter and so so I think Jesus would want to ride a roller coaster. I'm I don't think that's a sin. There's nothing wrong with that. So we have to kind of come because we don't want to just think that the only thing we're supposed to do is 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 read the Bible. I don't I don't think that's all we're created for. I think we're created for interaction and laughing. We had a lot of fun last night. We played games with their, our group, it was our our life group and and, uh, you know, speak out where you put that plastic thing in your mouth and try to talk. Good. And it's really, just had a lot of fun. We just it laughed. It's a good time. I think, I think Jesus would like to laugh with us. But I don't think he'd like to do some of the stuff that we take him to. Your bodies are members of Christ. Shall I then take this member of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Very vivid imagery. Do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? As, as it is written, the two shall become one flesh. Se- he's talking about sexual morality. It's a really big thing. Even science has, has, has discovered this. When you unite with somebody else in that most intimate way, uh, in, in that sexual way, you really do join together and you become one person with them. And so we, that's why God says we don't, we don't do that because then every time you break up, you're really breaking yourself up, um, and it's, it's causing damage. So he says, goes on there, says, so flee sexual immorality, talks about every other sin is outside of body, but sexually immoral sins against his own body. We know that, and there's lots of things that, that can happen um, when you're promiscuous, you know, diseases, things like that also happen. Keep going. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? We actually went over this section on Wednesday at our life group. And so it was was a good good discussion. And we talked about the fact of this temple. So what's that mean? Likely, he's referring to the, the temple in Jerusalem. But as these were Greeks and had never been to the temple in Jerusalem, he might just be referring to a temple and helping them to see this picture. See, temples of worship for anybody are holy. The followers of any religion view their temples as something special and holy. And obviously the temple in Jerusalem was, was, was amazing and it was definitely holy and there was all the rules. We know most about the rules for that, but you've probably heard other things, even like the, the mosque. You have to take off your shoes and you have to uh, you know, do certain things when you walk in. Temples are holy. So whether he's talking to them on their level about any temple or not is almost a moot point because here it is. Your body is the temple of Holy Spirit. Well, these are believers. They know that the Holy Spirit is part of God, part of, and He doesn't live in Jerusalem anymore. He lives in you. Now, all these people they had they had an understanding of temples. You don't degrade the temple. You don't deface the temple. The temple is something holy. Even within our culture, even people, especially the the older generation, not the millennials, but my age, your age, unbelievers, atheists, people who have really, the average person who wants nothing to do with God would also say, don't cuss in church. Don't steal from the church. Don't vandalize the church years ago there was a, even gang members the church was the one safe place the whole town could be broken windows and run down but the church most of them didn't touch the church and don't speak bad about mama mama and church right that's mm-hmm. changing it's changing but the, within the culture that's the way it's been in all cultures There's something about the temple. So Paul's saying, listen, you are the temple. Don't tell me that. Why do I say that? I know what I do to the temple. I know what I do to the temple. Don't tell me it's a temple. That's going to meddle with me. Because there's things that I do in this temple that I would definitely not do in the temple of God. Exactly. 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 The world today we live in says, it's your life, it's your body, you can do with it what you want. We, 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 we've, we've, we're not done with it yet, but we've come out of the radical time just a few months back where you just almost got sick of hearing it every day. My body, my choice. My body, my choice. Well, there's a problem with that understanding is that we're not just talking about your body, we are talking about the body of a baby as well. But even that, my body, my choice. As Christians, Paul is going, it's like, I'm not talking about baby and you. I'm talking about you are not your own. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You don't get that one anymore. You don't get to say, I can do what I want. Paul's going, no, we're believers. And the Holy Spirit lives in you. You're the temple. So go back to the beginning. Can I do this? Wrong question. Is it beneficial for you to do that? I'm going to add something on there. As you're wondering if it's beneficial, remember that God lives in you, that you take God everywhere you go, that you're members of the body of Christ and He's living in you. So now we begin to look at these questions a little differently. You are not your own. I remember hearing this from Pastor Jeff years and years ago. Um, you know, you get the you get you get the ride at Disneyland. Dead men tell no tales. Well, here's a here's a different one about dead men. Dead men have no rights. See, when we came to Christ, we died to ourselves. We died to sin, and we died to ourselves. By dying, we kind of gave up our rights to ourself, and we are no longer our own, but we're Christ's. We were bought at a at a price. The idea is so foreign to us that we can't even understand that for some people, because of poverty, because of scarcity the best life they could have was to be a slave of a benevolent master. So much that there were stipulations that within Judaism, if if you're a slave to somebody, they had to set you free at seven years so that you could go. But they said, but if you don't want to go, you don't have to go. One of the things that happened is if you had to become a slave of somebody, whether you're bought or you put yourself there because of finances, they set you free at seven years. But they said, but the slave can stay for life and you have to take care of him for life. We can't understand that. I get it. The idea that maybe I would actually want to be a slave in the master's house. Maybe if we looked at it more like this, I've been working at this job for 35 years and they take really good care of me. I don't want to go out and be an independent employee. I'm going to stay at this company until I die. We go, I could kind of relate with that. Good benefits, good pay, good hours, the boss is good. I don't need to run my own business. I'm going to work for this company. That, that we can, can we get there a little bit easier? Right? So that, that's, that's maybe more like slavery. These people, these slaves, they would say, I know you're going to set me free. I don't want to go. And they would and they'd take their ear and they'd put it on the doorpost and they'd punch it with an all, And it would be a sign that you are a slave forever voluntarily. And, and here's one of the things that happened with that. Because of that, you weren't your own. You had to obey the master. He was going to take care of you. That's us. So if you want to go out and get an earring today, pastor gives you permission because it's not illegal. <laughs> we don't have the rights to ourselves. We have our rights to him. So whenever we do anything, we kind of talk with him. Lord, is this something you want for me? Is this beneficial to me? Am I being mastered by this? I realize I'm not my own. You were bought with a price. Whew. Yeah. I'm going to heaven. And the, the price that was paid to get me there was hefty. I couldn't pay it. I could not pay it. So here it comes. This is kind of the, the beginning of the, the, the end of the message and the beginning of the year for us. So what? Glorify God in your body. That's it. That's the message. As we start this year, we want to walk into it saying, how can I glorify you in this thing right here? In what I do, in where I go, in what I say, in the things I connect myself, I want to glorify you. I want to, this year, I don't want to be thinking about me. Can I, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I, like the little kid. Can I, can I, can I, can I, can I? I say, Lord, should I? Is this what you have for me? I, I want to bring glory to you in, in, in everything. Again, I think last night when we were laughing and having a good time, I think, I think God was so pleased. We were with our life group, we were with family. It was a wonderful time. Glorifying God. As as we go into this year, the best resolution is to say, Lord, I, I resolve to try to consider you in my decisions, in the places I go. I wanna invite you in to be part of everything I do. And it doesn't mean we need to stand in front of the, the dresser and say, Lord, show me which pajamas to wear tonight. I don't think he really cares. Wear the little footy pajamas, Steve. I know you like those. <laughs> But Lord, everywhere I go, I'm realizing I'm not my own. We're just going to you know, invite him in. and Lord, is this relationship one that you're glorified in? If you're single, you should definitely be asking that. You know, is, is this behavior, is these things? I want to glorify you. I, I, it was just so wonderful that this was the beginning message of, of, of the new year for Corinthians because I think it's a great way to start. I used to be. I used to be unrighteous. No, I'm not. Almost forgot to. We're gonna do communion. So if you guys want to get rid of, we'll just pass out the elements. Can be real the reason I wanted to do communion last was because it's a great way to say, I'm 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 part of the family of God. He says, says, when you do this, you're doing it in remembrance of me. It's his blood, it's his body. We, we can only partake of it because of a sacrifice. And what we're saying is, I'm part of your body, Lord. So I thought, let's, let's do this at the end of service after we've thought, yes, this is us. I'm, I'm going to live a life where I'm not worried about whether it's permissible, but whether it's beneficial. As the as gentleman, thank you, Steve. Thank you, Lance, so much for getting that all ready, coming in early and shoveling. If you're glad there wasn't ice out front, thank the guys who came and made that happen. I love them so much. Um, the Bible says that we shouldn't take of communion in an unworthy manner. Examine yourself. Examine your heart. It's a great time. First of the year. You know, Lord, how am I doing? Is there anything that you, you want to even right now? Let's make this the prayer. Lord, is there anything right now that you want to show me that you would like to, to get rid of in my life this year, today? Is there something that's separating me from you? Is there something I need to repent of or ask forgiveness of? If, if We don't want to eat it. We don't want to have communion in an unworthy manner, and that's by living in rebellion. So we take a moment. Lord, examine us this morning. Examine us. Father, thank you for this group of people here. Lord, I know them all personally, and they love you. They want to serve you, Lord. Thank you for their hearts of, of uh, service and their, their hearts of love towards you, their desire to grow and their openness to being um, even corrected, Lord. I, we all want to be have that open heart. Father, examine us this morning and show individually if there's something that we need to put on the altar and, and walk away from or if there's something we need to, to ask forgiveness of. As we move into this year, Father, we want to be open to that which you want to bring us into. I think of Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the, the plans that I have for you. Lord, I want to be part of your plan for my life. I don't want to do it my way. The scriptures teach us that one of the last things that Jesus did with his disciples was to have communion and he, he took the bread, a very similar bread, as, as we know, that matzah bread. It would have been per, pierced and striped just like this. And, and as they were having that meal together, he, he broke it and he handed it out. And he said, this is my body. It's broken for you. And they didn't know at the time what that would have meant. Within a couple days, they would know. Jesus allowed his body to be absolutely broken for me and for you. When we have communion, we are reminded of of his death, his resurrection, his death, his crucifixion, his resurrection. Father, we thank you for sending Jesus for us. Jesus, we thank you that you endured the cross, despising its shame, died for us and allowed your body to be broken so that we could have forgiveness of sin. That we would no longer be unrighteous, but be the righteousness of Christ. Thank you for the body. Let's take of the bread together. The old hymn, Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. We thank you today for forgiveness of sin. And we thank you for forgiveness of any sins we've committed recently They're under the blood. We thank you that when you see us, you don't see us as swindlers or or greedy, or idolaters, or adulterers. You don't see us. That is what some of us were. But we were washed. We were bought with a price. We're made new. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. We receive it today, being made new and afresh. Let's receive the juice together. Fathers, we go out, help us. To, to remember this very, very practical section of the Bible. So practical. Help us to learn to ask the right questions. Keep us this week. Keep us safe as we drive home. And these roads bring us together in our life groups this week and together next week we come to worship and serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Bless you guys so much. Have a great, great rest of your year.